Hello, my people, and welcome to Studio De Jefre. It's nice to see you today. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame game and some of the takeaways, some of the winners, some of the losers, things of that nature. We'll get to that. And I will accurately pronounce Shewo Olanalua, TCU running back. Made a big catch. Looked pretty good out there. Looked pretty good in camp, too. Biggest winners and losers from the Hall of Fame game. Cowboys lose to the Steelers. What was the final score? No one cares. Um, 16-13. Uh, the biggest winner is Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. That's the biggest winner. I'm sparking up this morning. I'm trying to get trying to get the cobwebs out. Biggest winners are Jimmy uh, Jimmy Johnson going into the Hall of Fame and having he and Jerry sit side by side on the Fox set and look like they love each other and really mean it. I got something on my microphone I'm trying to get off. Uh, that was the biggest winner. And Jerry saying that Jimmy's going to go into the Ring of Honor, which I told you during camp after they had the opening press conference that as long as you understand context clues, Jerry already told us this. But it's official now that Jimmy Johnson's going to go into the ring, and they were all up on there giving each other the love. It was so sweet to see those men being nice to each other. All right, let me go through the guys who uh, I thought had a nice day as the Cowboys played the Steelers. Final score, doesn't matter. Win and loss, doesn't matter. No one cares. Garrett Gilbert, that's step one, right? Your backup quarterback. I don't think he had a bad night. Um, what does the box score give us? Box score gives you nine of 13 for 104 yards, no picks, no touchdowns. So here's what I saw from Garrett Gilbert. He looks like a capable NFL backup. There was a third and five slant to Noah Brown, third and seven, uh, to Rico Dowdle. Like he was out there converting third downs. He was out there completing passes. He looked like a capable, uh, NFL backup quarterback. Where Garrett Gilbert gets in trouble is when something is not there initially, holy cow, it's panic mode. That's what happened on the fumble down in the red zone. He just, if he if what he wants isn't there early, it's freak out time, baby! But that was overall probably a fairly encouraging outing for Garrett Gilbert. Outside of structure, he's got kind of a bag of nothing. That's that's a football the football term when you hear people talking about outside of structure. What that means is I took the snap, nope, nope, now what? And scramble drill, find my way out of the pocket, keep it alive, figure out where I'm going to go with it. Gary Gilbert looks like he really struggles with that. But inside of structure, when they were able to protect him, he was delivering the ball, he was converting third downs. Not a bad night for Garrett Gilbert, I don't think. I did think it was a bad night for the idea that the Cowboys are going to be okay on the offensive line. Lyle Collins was good in his limited time, but the backup offensive tackles, I was worried about it going into the game. Ty Inseki got toe up. It. I don't know who the swing tackle is, and I'm terrified. I don't know. You brought in Ty Inseki to be that guy. He just looks too slow-footed. He doesn't look like he's capable to be a left tackle that you can use on a game day, but they may have to. Maybe Josh Ball will be that guy. He didn't make the trip. Their fourth-round pick. Uh, but I'm still looking for a swing tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Other guys that I think were a positive, or let me give you a thing that was a positive. The defense, we use the word multiple all the time, and we got to see it in camp, and we saw it during the game against the Steelers. You're not necessarily going to know what the Cowboys are going to look like on a snap-to-snap basis if you're the opposing team's offense. 
they did it again where sometimes they're running what you would call a 4-3 or I guess a nickel defense where it's a 4-2. Sometimes they were lining up with three big bodies with a hand down and they would line up, say, Dorrance Armstrong on one edge and Micah Parsons on the other edge. So you kind of got five guys at the line of scrimmage. You're kind of giving a three down look. They're going to mix it up. That's something that they're going to do. Guys that I thought checked boxes, I thought Kelvin Joseph checked the box, your second-round pick, boss man fat, hanging out out there. They didn't try him too often, but he gave up, what, like a five-yard out route when they were playing off coverage. Um, But I thought Kelvin Joseph acquitted himself well, playing a bunch of snaps. Nishan Wright, not as well, but nothing to freak out about. Um, He didn't finish the play on Chase Claypool going down the field. He was trying not to get called for a penalty, so he went with this move because I think he thought the ball was going to be out of reach and Claypool was able to catch it. The thing with Nishan Wright is in breaking routes – tend to be able to get open on him. If you try an outside release with his length, like he can bother you at the line and he can kind of play a trail technique behind a receiver and he can make plays if you try to work him out there. In breaking routes is what he's going to have to figure out. How do I close this window and how do I cover that? Sean McKeon, Cowboys currently probably third string tight end. He was one of the guys I highlighted going into the game because he's had a nice camp. And what did he do? He went out and he had a nice game. Every time he has an opportunity to make a play, he makes a play. Uh, Third and 12, he had a catch and then a broken tackle to convert. That might have been a Garrett Gilbert throw too. That might have been another big third down conversion from Garrett Gilbert. So Sean McKeon looks like a guy that can play in the NFL. He's a guy that belongs on a 53-man roster. He belongs being active on a game day. And a year from now, he may be a guy that's going to save you money on Blake Jarwin and be one of your two tight ends. Sean McKeon makes plays every time he gets a chance. Rico Dowdle, your third string running back, Tony Pollard's backup. Boy, he looks the part of an NFL running back. He got a little burst to him. He's got some balance to him. He's got some shiftiness. When they gave him opportunities, um, he ran the ball really well. So Rico Dowdle, I would say thumbs up in the Hall of Fame game. Malik Turner. Wide receiver number 17. He was your leading receiver in the game. Let me give you his numbers. Malik Turner was four catches, 47 yards. One of them was a fourth and 15, which is weird in the NFL. What's a catch, what's not a catch? Because I don't know that he ever really had it. It was a constant fight with the guy trying to separate him from the ball, and when it finally happened, they call it a fumble, and that's not good for Malik Turner. But what is good for Malik Turner is every day at camp, the dude makes plays. And then you get to the game, and he's the receiver with the most catches. Uh, So Malik Turner is making an interesting case here because the Cowboys already know that they're keeping Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, right? I believe there's no doubt they're keeping Noah Brown. We think they're keeping Cedric Wilson, and teams love their draft picks. So is Simi Fajoko going to be on the team if he's going to play a bunch of special teams? Because Malik Turner's outplaying Simi Fajoko in camp and in the games. Uh, so Malik Turner is making the case either to be on this team or another team if the Cowboys aren't going to keep him. Interested if they could find a way to use him on special teams to make himself useful in that way, to make himself more valuable. Uh, other than that, Parsons was fine running around and making play, had an opportunity to make a really big play. He had the fumble recovery, um, but he had an opportunity to, on a ball that was coming to the left, to make a tackle for loss that I wish he'd been able to make. But he's moving around, playing different positions. He looked fine. Boss Man Fat looked fine. Nashawn Wright looked okay. 
Odigizua is tougher because without all 22, it's kind of tough to give you the line of scrimmage. Connor Williams played some center snaps. Um, I hate to go back to it over and over and over again, but Ben DiNucci doesn't belong on an NFL roster, and McCarthy's going to, I'm sure, say that he showed good things and he's making great progress. Uh, it's a weird when a coach really has a guy and likes a player when all of us get to watch every day in camp and then you watch in the game. He can't play. He shouldn't be in an NFL camp. He just shouldn't, but he is. Uh, anything I missed, you tell me in the comments at youtube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh and uh, tell me, tell me what you saw. Tell me who impressed you. Tell me who's terrifying you. Give me all your things. Give me all the things. Nothing jumped out about like Jalen or Vander Esch or Anthony Brown gave up a catch, but whatever. People give up catches. KZ was out there for a little bit, but a lot of those guys, nothing really jumped out, and that's fine. Uh, but I've given you the guys that I thought stood out in a good or a bad way, and I want to hear yo's. Also, I want to hear what's your favorite kind of cheese? Favorite kind of cheese? I'm not going to give you mine because I'm not sure. I like the cheese that's not, I don't think it's a real cheese. It's the one that's on Emo's Pizza in St. Louis. It's like a combination of Parmesan and something else. Somebody will know the word and they'll leave it. All right, make sure you're checking 1053thefan.com every day. Two to seven today. G-Bag Nation there on the fan. Me, Broadus, Gavin Dawson, Lucius Alexander. We're going to talk about stuff. Ooh, what you're thinking and what you're drinking at 540. Get ready to call in. Remember, you have no idea what anybody's going through, so be cool to everybody. I love you. Bye. Oh, let me tell you a story real quick. My pool guy told me I can't go swimming tonight. People wanted to come over and go swimming. And he said, ah, you shouldn't get in the pool right now. We had to kind of chemical bomb it to clean it up, you know, make the water clear, make it look good. And so I didn't tell him, well, I went swimming yesterday for like a half hour and so, if I'm not on the show today, it's because I passed away from chlorine overdose or whatever. Because as soon you know, as soon as you hear that you've done something you shouldn't, you don't tell the people that you did it. You just start thinking, "Oh no, what have I done?" And then your body starts going, "Oh yeah, we're sick. I feel super sick right now." And I didn't before he told me not to swim. So yeah, back to the thing. I love you. Bye.